Good morning, my name is James, James the Elder, not to be confused with James, son of Alphaeus, or James, the brother of Jesus. I want to tell you my story. You see, I was called to follow Jesus. Jesus came to our boats one morning when we were working. My father Zebedee and my brother John, we had a fishing business, quite well-to-do family, actually. We had hired servants helping us. We had several boats. And Jesus had just called Andrew, and he'd called Simon, who we came to call Peter, to follow him. When he said to us, while we're mending our nets, if you'll leave your nets, I'll make you fishers of men. Fishers of men. I thought, how, how encouraging, but I, I had no idea what I was about to get into. I really didn't know what it meant to follow Jesus. We left the nets. My father looked at us kind of like, aren't you going to help anymore? Well, we're going to follow Jesus now. And we went into Capernaum, not too far from where we were uh, fishing along the Sea of Galilee. And, and there Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to preach. And a man interrupted him. A man hollered out, and why are you here to punish us? Why are you here to destroy us? And Jesus recognized it was a man with an unclean spirit, a demon. And he cast it out. And the demon left the man. He was restored to his right mind. And he continued to preach. And we were all amazed. We'd never seen anybody with such authority in his teaching. Couldn't believe it. We went on outside and walked along the side of the lake there. And Jesus began to tell a story. He sat down for a little bit. And the crowd began to follow and sat down as well. He said, a sower went out to sow. And as he was scattering the seed, some of the seed fell on the road, and the birds came down and swooped it up. Other seed fell on the, the soil that was rocky, and it didn't have much substance to it, no depth of soil. And the seed sprang up immediately, but then the sun came, and it scorched it, and the seed withered away. Still didn't produce anything. And then other seed he scattered, and it fell among the thorns, and the thorns came, and it choked it out. Choked the seed out, but then some seed... He threw it, and it fell on good soil. And in the good soil, it produced 30 and 60 and 100 fold. I, I, I couldn't believe all the teaching. You know, I walked with Jesus for three years, traveling with him, saw him, heard him day by day, listened to him, but I just didn't get it. Have you ever been that way where you missed a point? You didn't understand? You didn't know? You couldn't see for some reason? It was hidden and you just didn't understand. I just didn't get it. One of the most profound teachings that he taught, he was there again by the lake and we went up on a hill and we were right around him and the crowd was below us and he began to preach and teach. Simple but profound sermon. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn, who cry, who weep for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who search for and look for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who, you know, who want to get along with everybody, who want peace in their life. Blessed are the peacemakers. He said, for they shall be sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who, who just, need to know about righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of God and then he said this word that I just couldn't I just couldn't 
just couldn't take it. He said, blessed are you when men insult you and say all manner of things against you and persecute you for righteousness' sake and do all kinds of evil against you. Blessed are you if you can endure that for my sake. As those three years passed, I saw Jesus perform many miracles. I heard him tell many stories, many parables, but somehow we just didn't get it. We weren't very educated. I mean, after all, Matthew is probably the most educated of us. He was a tax collector. He knew how to add and subtract. Some of y'all can't even do that. I'm sorry. Matthew and Thaddeus and Bartholomew and Philip and Judas Iscariot, a zealot, and Simon the zealot and Andrew and Peter and John and myself and James the son of Alphaeus and then old doubting Thomas and some of you are just like him you understand the disciples that was the motley crew we had we weren't well educated and we didn't always get the stories of his parables the spiritual truths he tried to help us understand he wasn't always talking about the physical he was talking about the spiritual the things that you can't see that you have to accept by faith and time and again and time and again over that three year period he told us the son of man must go to Jerusalem and there he will die the Son of Man must be handed over to the chief priest and the scribes and he will be betrayed. Even right as we're coming up to that time, that holy week, the Passover week as it's called, when pilgrims from all over the world came to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, God's deliverance of his people from Egypt through the deliverer Moses, we were all excited. See, I just knew Jesus was going to bring the kingdom in. And it was going to be a political kingdom. And we were going to rule and reign with him. And he'd boot the Romans out. And he'd do away with the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. All those legalists that always want you to do some law. Always looking for you to mess up. You know, I missed it. A few nights before we went into the triumphal entry. A few nights before that day came. I just missed it. We were eating at the home of Simon the leper. And Mary came in and she began to pour pure nard on him, on his head and on his feet. And she took her hair and she began to wipe his feet. Oh, we got all bent out of shape. Most of us, especially Judas, he was the charge of the treasury. And we said almost in one accord, hey, that could have been, that, that expensive perfume, that nard could have been sold to help the poor. I thought that's what you're about, Jesus, helping the poor. Jesus looked at us and he said, you don't get it, do you guys? The poor you will have with you always. You can help them anytime. But what Mary has done for me, she has anointed me for my burial. Just went right over our heads. We just didn't get it. Oh, there were other times when he gave us hints, when we should have gotten it, when I should have gotten it. I mean, just a few days before, we'd been away from Bethany. And we got word that Lazarus, our friend, particularly Jesus' friend, was dying, that he was sick. And before we got there, the word came again that he had died. Jesus didn't get in any hurry. He wasn't in any hurry to get there. And we kept plugging, come on, Jesus, you got to go. You could have saved him. And we began to accuse him. If you'd just gone a few days earlier, we, you could have saved your friend Lazarus. But he didn't worry about anything. 
when he got there, he asked for Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, to come with him. And he told them, he said, I'm glad I wasn't here. I'm glad I wasn't here to save your brother so that what I do now, you may see the glory of God come and that you may believe. And we were telling him, Jesus, what are you going to do? You can't. Lazarus has been dead two or three days. He's going to stink if you call him from the tomb. But he did. He called him by name. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. And he walked out from that tomb alive. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Here, this man Jesus that we'd followed for three years had the power of life and death. I knew he had raised Jairus' daughter. I'd seen that. Back when we first started, Peter's mother-in-law had a, had a tempter, and I watched him go and just lay his hand on her and raise her up, and she served us a meal that night, but it just wasn't getting it. How could he have the power of life and death just in his voice? Crowds began to gather around Lazarus' home there in Bethany, and, you know, the Passover was coming. And then that triumphal entry on that Sunday Oh, it's a beautiful day, just like it is today. Incredible day. We got up, but right before we got up and got started, he called us aside and said, Today the Son of Man will go up to Jerusalem, and he will be betrayed, and he will be delivered into the hands of the chief priest and the scribes, and he will be crucified. Well, my mother never wanting to miss anything, Salome. Do you know Salome? Son of Zebedee and Salome. That's my mom and dad. She went to Jesus and she got down on her knees and said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, could my son John and my son James sit at your right hand and left hand? He told her very bluntly and very straightforwardly, we were there with her. You do not know what you're asking about. You do not know what you're asking for. Can you drink the cup that I drink of? Oh, yeah, we can do it. Foolishly, we said that. Yes, we can do it. We'll drink the cup you drink of. No, I'll tell you, you will drink of that cup. But it's not for me to give the power who sits on my right or my left. It's for my Father in heaven who's already decided that. And we went out. He sent a couple of disciples ahead to get a little donkey foal, the colt of a donkey. And he brought the colt of the donkey here. They brought it back from, and he mounted it, and we began to celebrate. This was his triumphal entry. He would be coming as a king of peace. But I'm sitting there saying, why is he coming as a king of peace? How's he going to overthrow the Romans as a king of peace? And it's amazing. It was such a beautiful day. It was such a great experience. The crowds were following. Everybody was singing, hey, Zanna, ho, Zanna. The little children were running ahead of us. They were throwing palm branches down and their coats and everything. Hey, Zanna, ho, Zanna, 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 hey, Zanna, ho, Zanna, hey, Zanna. Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he, ho, Zanna, hey, Zanna. It was such a great celebration. And it was so loud that we could barely hear the Pharisees and the Sadducees screaming, at Jesus, can't you do something with your disciples? Can't you? This is blasphemy. Can't you control them? Jesus looked up at them as they appeared above us on the railings and said, even if my men, my followers did not cry out, the stones would cry out. The stones would cry out. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so we entered through the gates. And it was a great day of celebration. And Jesus taught and confounded the wise lawgivers and scribes and Pharisees with one story after another. Then we retreated back to Bethany. The next day on Monday, we got up. Same thing all over again. We went in. The crowds were there. There's a lot of people. People were moving around. But Jesus had seen what they had done to the temple. And here I knew he was making his move. You see, he wove a cord of rope. And he went in to the temple and he picked up. I'd never seen him like this before. He picked up the tables and he threw them over and he began to lash out. And the money changers scattered. So easy to pervert holy and religious places, isn't it? That's what he said. Do you not know, have you not heard, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. For all nations. And the money changers scattered. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests began to plot even more how they were going to stop him, what they were going to do, what they could do to, to stop his preaching, to stop his teaching, to kill him, to destroy him, because the status quo never likes to be upset. Does that sound familiar? Through the rest of the week, he confounded people. We went every day to the temple, and he was in the temple courts, and he taught, and he taught one thing after another. He taught about the kingdom of God. He taught about man having two sons. One, he asked to go into the field and work. The son said, no, I won't go. The other one said, yes, I will go, but he didn't go. And he asked a simple question, which son? The one that said he wouldn't go went later and did the work. Which one did what God wanted him to do? The father. Oh, the one that went later, obviously. And he began to confound the priest and the teachers of the law even more and more. So that as the threat increased, Judas knew that Jesus wasn't going to use his power. He'd come as a king of a king of peace. Why would he all of a sudden use his power? But I just didn't get it. I thought he would still use his power. The power that he destroyed demons with, the power that he healed people with, the power that he called Lazarus forth from the dead. I thought he would use his power to overthrow Rome and, and all the things that were wrong with the temple. I thought he would use that. He wanted to eat the Passover meal with us, and so he had made preparations in an upper room late in the week there. And when we got to the upper room, we were all seated around the table kind of visiting and everything was going along just fine until he totally disarmed us. He took off his robe and he took a towel, wrapped it around him in a basin of water and he began to wash our dirty feet. He took on the role of a house servant and he began to wash our dirty feet. And when he came to Peter, Peter said, no, you're not going to wash my feet. Not me, Lord, you're never going to wash my feet. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then Peter, so impetuous like he was, he said, well, then wash my whole body, Lord. Don't just wash my feet, wash my whole body. No, just the feet, Peter. Just listen to what I say. Just obey what I tell you. Lord, I'll never betray you. He said one of us would betray him. One of us sitting at the table would betray him. 
that night, one of us would we begin to look around. Is it I? Is it you? Is it me? Is it I? And, and we begin to point our fingers and we begin to ask ourselves the question, which one is it? Peter said, I won't ever betray you, Lord. Not me. Never, never will I ever betray you, Lord. Not me. I'll go with you to death. And Jesus looked right at Peter and he said, Tonight, Peter, before the cock crows three times, you will disown me. You'll deny me. You'll claim that you never knew me. And Peter hung his head. And then he looked up. He said, the one I give this bread to is the one that will betray me. I'm one of the few that heard it. John, Peter heard it because we're sitting close to him. And he handed the bread to Judas. And then he looked at Judas and said, go do what you must do. And Judas got up and left. And some of them, the rest of the disciples, they thought, well, where's he going? He's the treasurer. Oh, he's going to pay for the room. We ran it. He's going to pay for the meal. But no, Judas had already cut his deal with the Pharisees and the chief priest. He'd sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. We sang a hymn after we'd celebrated the Lord's table and after he dedicated that meal to his remembrance of his flesh and blood that would be shed, the body that would be broken, the blood that would be shed. We sang a hymn, and then we went out to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus wanted to pray. The Garden of Gethsemane is located right below the Mount of Olives, and we went on into the garden, the three of us, John and Peter and myself. He asked us to come in. We were in the inner circle. You know, I, just a few weeks earlier, I'd heard Jesus, Peter's confession at Caesarea Philippi, where he said, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the one we look for. And then I was on the Mount of Transfiguration, where I saw Elijah, and Moses, and Jesus had this unbelievable kind of glow about him. And Peter wanted to set up tents and just stay there, and I kind of, kind of wanted to do the same thing, but I still wasn't getting it. And he asked us to go into the garden with him and pray, and he told us to wait, and he went on into the garden. A little bit later, he came, and he found us all asleep. Sleeping on the job. And he said, couldn't you pray with me for one hour? Couldn't you just stay awake for a little bit? And then he went back in, and when he came back out, he said, the time has come. And we could see torches coming up through the garden. And Judas was there with the soldiers from the temple. They were there, and as they approached, they said, he said, who is it that you're looking for? And he, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. And they all fell back. They all fell back. Just under his power, I am he. And they all fell back. I thought, he's, this is going to be it. He's going to overthrow these that have coming for him. Instead, Peter thought it was that way too. He whipped out his sword and he started whacking and he whacked the ear of Malchus off, a servant of the high priest. Peter told him, said, I mean, Jesus told Peter, put up your sword, Peter, for whoever takes up the sword shall die by the sword. He said, my kingdom's not of this world. They're just not getting it. And he turned himself over. And that Old Testament scripture, the shepherd will be struck and the sheep will scatter. And he stood up for us, said, don't harm one of these men. I'm the one that you came for. And they took him right after Judas kissed him on the cheek. That was the sign that that was Jesus. And we all fled. I'm 
Sardis say, we fled in fear and it, it was a shame. We fled because we were so, I don't know what happened. No courage. Didn't understand. We just left. Just left. The trial that they had that night, all night long, back and forth, Peter was the only one that went. I was too ashamed. John was too ashamed. Peter came and gave us a report. And then the trial early in the morning before Pilate, the governor of the area, the governor of Judea, there he was before Pilate, and they had beaten him and scourged him with a cat of nine tails, and they put a robe on him, and they put a crown of thorns on him. And Pilate said he, he washed his hands. He couldn't find anything wrong with Jesus. He was innocent. He said, it's this time of the year that we turn a prisoner free. I'll give you Jesus or I'll give you Barabbas. Who do you want? And with one accord, they all hollered out, we want Barabbas. What do you want me to do with, with Jesus? And his wife had sent a note and said, don't have anything to do with him. But he had him ridiculed some more and beaten some more. And then he turned over Barabbas to the crowd. And Jesus, he went and put a cross, had a cross placed upon him. And he began to walk between two thieves up to Golgotha, the place of the skull that was situated above the city dump where there was constant burning and smell. And people railed at him. The same people who had shouted Hosanna a few days before began to hurl insults at him, began to curse at him, began to spit at him, and to throw things at him. And he fell beneath the load of the cross. And Simon of Cyrene, we found out, was commandeered, if you will, to pick up Jesus' cross and carried it on up to the hill. The crowd was still in a rabble. Not until the nails were being driven in the hand did the crowd cease. Because it's hard to hear nails being driven through human flesh. But as soon as it was done and he was raised to his place, the crowd started all the more. The railings. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, hey, Mr. Carpenter of Nazareth, come on down from the cross and we will believe. One more miracle, the greatest of it all, and we will believe. Few of us heard his first words. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Or his second word is he looked to his mother and John. John, this is your mother, take care of her. Mary, this is your son, take care of him. And the thieves began to argue back and forth. And one of the thieves said, Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And he said, Today you'll be with me in paradise. And the other words, I'm thirsty. Why have you forsaken me? It is finished. And when he said it is finished, the sky grew desperately dark. It's like a cloud came over the whole area in the middle of the day. The sun disappeared and it was dark and there was a shaking and an earth and people were running and fleeing for their lives. And he hollered out, it is finished. Below the cross, the soldier had gambled for his tunic. One took a long spear and thrust it in his side. And then he was taken out. Taken down from the cross by Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, and the women. And placed in a barred tomb. But you know, folks, I just didn't get it. It just went right over my head. I just didn't understand. But I would. 
we are thankful today that you've joined us for worship. If you would like to join our community, we would love for you to come down here. We'll have some at the front to meet you. If you would like to have a prayer request uh, prayed for, or if you would like to commit your life to Christ, you're welcome to come here at the front. Let us stand and sing.